rivalry. Nobody's closer to it than him because he's been on both sides of it. Truth. Had yeah. his great moments on uh, the Saints side and has great moments on the Falcons side. And I think West Durham would argue one of the more colorful personalities that we've had a chance to cover. Although, were you doing the games when uh, Bobby Hebert was our quarterback? Uh, no, sir. Thank you, though. But what the <laughs> hell am I doing on here? Am, am I, like, holding up Bobby Hebert and buy or sell? That thing should last 30 minutes. <laughs> well, That's what I said. The problem is, right, you ask one why, why am I on here when <laughs> clearly Bobby Hebert and buy or sell needs to occur in this marketplace? Well, it's, it's happening. You know, Dick. <laughs> you mistake. You gave me the start. I just got out of football. You gave me the start. I was doing that show for the Falcons, the post game show. Steak. I'm always grateful. Anyways, yeah. is they've played 108 times. I believe it's 54, 54 and 54. So just it is, yes. Just off the top of your head, uh, West Durham calling games in New Orleans. Give me two or three memories that jump out of you uh, up front when you think about calling this rivalry. Well, first of all, I, I am, you know, it didn't go Atlanta's way that night, but I will never forget the Katrina game, ever. Yep. Um, the Katrina game is a standalone emotional moment where, like, I'm not sure the 85 Bears of the 72 Dolphins would have won in there that night. Um, because, and you guys, I think. What, we were, were all the, there. The yeah, we were there. And we were all there. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it was incredible, right? The loudest um, building, other right. than maybe the NFC Championship at the Metrodome, the way that building sounded, where I yeah. couldn't talk to the guy right next to me, the, the Falcons yeah. game. The two loudest Falcon games I've ever been People to. People were crying out, you know, literally crying yep. with emotion, and it was something special. You know, the um, and we stayed, the team stayed at the um, – Stake, I want to say that J.W. Marriott on Canal Street, yep, right? Yep, right on, and, uh, right on the heart of Canal towards the river. Yeah, it was crazy. And we were that men's clothing store next to the yep. hotel. Rubenstein Brothers, I think it is. Rubenstein's, that's it. And Dave and I went into Rubenstein's like during the day. And the gentleman literally who ran Rubenstein's was like emotional about what the game was going to be that night. And that was a, a longtime New Orleans men's clothing store. And so we were talking to that guy, and I came out of that, and I told Dave, I said, this might not go well. Yeah. Uh, and then when Curtis DeLoach, uh, or Steve Gleason blocked Michael Kanan's punt, and Curtis DeLoach recovered it in the end zone, that was it, man. I mean, it, there wasn't a the first, first specialty, first punt of the game when Gleason yeah. blocks it, right? And they have yep. the, and they have the statue outside the dome still. I mean, yep. you're not kidding when you say that's the moment. I mean, there's a statue outside mm -hmm. of the Superdome of Steve Gleason blocking that kick. So yeah, that was yeah. Uh, uh, that was a signature moment next to maybe winning the Super Bowl in New Orleans history. I would we, agree. We've gone down there and competed. You know, Matt Ryan had some you know knockdown dragouts. I remember a Michael Vick game in the height of his career. He had our buddy Algie yep. Crumpler for like a 60-yard mm -hmm. touchdown right down the seams. It was a huge yeah. win in New Orleans. I don't know why I have that memory as a fan being Arthur there. Arthur Smith went in there in his first year and won. Yep, nobody saw that coming. After the bye yeah. week, I think it was, right? It was. After a bye week, he went in there and won. Uh, Dan Quinn went in there and won early. Uh, the Dave shot. Archer, Dave Archer went in there and threw to Michael Haynes one time to win. Yeah. By the way. Well, uh, re remember that New Orleans had never won a playoff game. And Michael Haynes catches one um, when mm -hmm. the Saints are in the postseason. We go in there with Chris Miller, and yep. we win the playoff game. 
And then Sean Payton decides that he's going to get his record. Um, I'll never forget Reggie Roberts, the PR guy of the Falcons, saying Mike, Mike Smith needed about 10 minutes before he got in front of the media after Sean Payton decided to run it up on him with Drew Brees getting uh-huh. the record on Monday Night Football. And then Mike yep. Smith said he said all the right things, but he wasn't feeling all the right things. No, no, no. Smitty was having a tough night that night. Um, I think it's, and I've said this on the air, and I'll probably say it again Sunday. I think it is one of the very few pro rivalries that has a college feel to it. And I think it's because of the regionality. I think it's because both teams are basically the same age in terms of their history. And you just mentioned like Bobby playing both places, Morton Anderson playing both places. Cade Nellis now falls into that category, right? Play at both places. Uh, the Falcon linebacker. Yeah, Ryan, Ryan Nielsen now, Terry Fontenot, yep. right? Yep. There's all that tied to it. So I think that that brings it back up. And, look, you know, you and I go to see uh, Greg and Robbie over there. We uh, pick up a tie and shirt and a suit every once in a while. We know Jonah works for Greg and Robbie. He's a big Saints guy, right? right. So, Miller Brothers. You know, you're you're walk, yeah, you walk into Miller Brothers, and all of a sudden the rivalry's right there. And that's the cool thing. Uh, I mean, I used to see a physician in Atlanta who's – Head nurse was a Saints fan. She'd moved here. She was from New Orleans, loved the Saints, wasn't giving it up. You and I, we, we run in enough circles where you see Falcons and Saints fans. Well, also remember. That's the cool piece about the rivalry. Yeah, remember that there's two cities or two or three cities that absorb most of the Katrinas. Um, Houston, mm-hmm. Texas, my wife's hometown of Lafayette, Louisiana, and Atlanta, Georgia. So mm-hmm. it, right. it wasn't just our buddy Todd Graffanini who, who ended up here and living on Mike Bell's couch. Uh, which is scary, which is a terrifying thought. But, um, but, but two traumatic instances. Yeah, yeah. First you go through Katrina, yeah, then you have to, Mike then you have to see Katrina Mike Bell and Mike Bell. Yeah, Sandy, well done. Yeah, yeah. But, but a lot of folks never went back to New Orleans and still live in Atlanta as well. That's there's, a, there's yeah. an enormous contingent of Saints fans. I want to talk about just their team. Listen, we know this has been an enormous disappointment the Falcons season. Where does the season for New Orleans rank? I kind of feel like the expectation level wasn't that high. They're not thrilled with their team either. But, you know, how do you process their first 16 games and where their fan base is probably feeling? I think i got to be honest with you. I look at who they've got defensively, and the, the numbers in some respects are a little bit of a head-scratcher. Where Atlanta has improved in that unit significantly from what we've had in expectation, I, I think they have – uh, you know, with Demario Davis and some of these guys in the back end, and Cam—I know Cam Jordan's an older guy, but still, he's Cam Jordan, right? Um, you know, now Brian Brzee is a terrific rookie who I think is going to have a terrific career, but they've not done. Now I say that, and they'll come in Sunday and shut the door like Fort Knox. But um, I, I think that uh, I, I think they've had a tough year defensively, and then I would say this. I'm staggered at the at the little impact that Jamal Williams has had on that football team. I thought Alvin Kamara and Jamal Williams were going to be really a lethal combination for them, much like what we're seeing Robinson and Algier develop into, I think, for Atlanta in the future. But both those guys were proven players. You got basically a pro bowl and a half running back back there, and it's just not materialized. And I don't know if that's because – Derek Carr has had to fight through some things. They've had Jameis Winston quarterback a couple of games, things of that nature. Um, you know, I don't know where Michael Thomas's future is going to be now after he's gone on IR, but I, I think New Orleans has got to start looking at, you know, Tampa's going to potentially win this thing in Charlotte for, what, the third straight year on Sunday? 
that's that's got you know in Atlanta and New Orleans not going to have that. Tampa's especially post Tom Brady, you're not going to let this happen like this much more. So I, I suspect New Orleans is going to have a hard look at a lot of this stuff. And Mickey yeah, Loomis, and you know this, Mickey Loomis been too successful to stand pat. Yeah, their their head coach certainly under the gun as well. Uh, they played well last week. What they do against the Bucks that they want to replicate against the Falcons? Well, they want to shut them down, and that's what they did. They hit Baker Mayfield. They've gotten after it defensively. Their turnover number is top 10. Um, So they have, from the first meeting against Atlanta to coming up Sunday, New Orleans has done things defensively to get better, and they have been a little bit more low-risk, high-efficiency on offense. They have, uh, you know, Carr has played well. um, But in all honesty, I I think Sunday is going to be a challenge of them trying to shut down Atlanta's run. They're not no different prescription than anybody else. They're going to try and shut down Atlanta's run game, which most people have tried consistently to do, and then force the Falcons to beat them throwing. And Atlanta's going to have to execute what they didn't do last week, which is hit the 8- to 15-yard throw. The deep ball stuff is the gravy. The the meat and potatoes of the Atlanta throw game is the 8- to 15-yard stuff. What do you think? Seemingly- yeah. What do you think of the, the health of Taylor Heineke? Obviously, uh, no no great word yet that he's okay, although certainly Arthur Smith right. wants to play him on Sunday. Yeah, and I thought he was banged up on – I thought he was banged up going into the game the other day. Yeah, he was. He just reactivated everything. The idea for me on Sunday is going to be um, – you, you you may play both guys. I mean, I'm fully expecting both guys. Okay. At, at some point in the game because – even if Heineke goes in there, are there going to be packages or plays that he's going to be limited? And let's don't forget the ill-fated, you know, drop snap last week in Chicago where we had them both on the field. So there was something in the works already to have both guys on the field. And New Orleans knows that and everybody who watched Yeah, I think you're right. I didn't think of it. Yeah, they, they, there's no reason to believe Taylor Heineke is going to be able to go the whole way and not see Correct. Desmond Ritter, which in its own way, man, it'll be some kind of – poetic, you know, uh, justice of some sort that you'll see both guys that are maybe the demise of, of Arthur Smith this year, and they'll both, be well, on the, they'll both be on the field. And the other part about this is when you lost in Charlotte three weeks ago, you basically took it out of your hands. So now you have to have what I'm calling the miracle on Mint Street in Charlotte occur for even your window to open. The only thing right? is, Wes, that's only a three. I mean, Vegas knows better than anybody on this radio station or anywhere else. That's a three-point number. Well, so, not just anybody on the radio station, Stephen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that tells you <laughs> Vegas thinks Carolina beating them is just like Carolina beating us because that number was a, you know, there, the, Come on, man. There's no way the Panthers beat the Bucs. Yeah, well, that's a good way to put it. You're throwing it out in the universe, right? That's it. Put it out in the universe. All right, Wes. Yeah, let's see. Let's see what happens. Happy New Year, everybody. Happy Thank New you, Year. Wes. Wes. Take 